everybody and welcome to Simple Politics Podcast. I'm your host and political underling, Kobe. And as always, I'm joined by a political overlord in the form of Tatton and Diane. How are you guys doing this week? Hi, Kobe. All good this week, really. I mean, it's November, nights are drawing in, there may be talk of Christmas. <sighs> I know Tatton doesn't want me to mention that word. But <laughs> C word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's amazing how dark it's got because I've been picking my kid up from nursery and last week, obviously the, the clocks have changed. Last week it was fine. This week I'm having to walk home with a, with a head torch. Oh, are you? We walked through some like wooded areas and it's just like pitch dark. Uh, and also people are talking about buying Christmas presents, which I think is a bit too early. Tatum, where are you? Have you bought your Christmas presents yet? Uh, no, um, I don't buy Christmas <laughs> presents with people. People can go away at Christmas. Uh, before we we started recording, we were talking about working at Argos. I worked at Argos every Christmas for three years, and uh, they had the same 45-minute tape that played round and round and round. And if I hear any of those songs, then I'm not liable for my own actions. Like The, the police were signed off on this already. It's fine. <laughs> I wish it would be Christmas every day. Santa Claus is yeah. coming to town. I mean, just stop. Stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> Let's head on to section one, the top post of the week. Each week, we'll look at the most popular posts in reverse order from the Simple Politics Instagram feed. Um, so things look to have settled down a bit. Has it been a boring week? I don't know. Um, what do we have in our top three? Tatten. In at three is the word of the year from the Collins Dictionary. What this is, is it's a glorified advert for the Collins Dictionary, where they try to pretend they're the biggest dictionary. And what is the Oxford English Dictionary anyway? We don't even know what the Oxford English Dictionary is. We're the Collins Dictionary, and we're going to do an advert for us, and it's going to be on all the papers. And SP fell for it because we're suckers. And uh, their word of the year is permacrisis, which just means we're all in a right state. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, that's that's the word of the year, 2022. But it should also... I mean, does anyone really think 2023 is going to be any better? Do you all <laughs> think things going to calm down suddenly? Ludicrous. I think it could have applied to previous years as well. Yeah, definitely. Probably about the last five years it could have been a fit for. <laughs> it sounds like a thick of it word, really, doesn't it? That's what it, yes. that's what it made um, me think of. I threw omnishambles into the mix last week, and uh, that's a glorious thick of it word. So uh, Armando Inucci, I think he's just, he must have tweeted this word out at some point, I think, into the ether, and then Collins has picked it up like three or four years later. Oh, that sounds <laughs> clever. Oh, we'll take that. Like a James <laughs> Corden joke. Oh. <laughs> Christmas. Cord and some other C words that Tatton doesn't want to talk about. It's all right. He's, he, he doesn't listen. He, he doesn't care. It's fine. <laughs> so, what kind of posts were we getting about this? The Collins. Um, what kind of comments were we getting related to this, guys? Oh, just oh yeah, isn't it bad? Like yeah, of course it is. It was a silly post. It was. I mean, you said it's been a quiet week. It was a much calmer week. This post, I think, got like ten thousand likes. So we're not. It was nothing really set the world alight this week. And this, this, I think, this advert for Collins Dictionary got in. By default, almost. This podcast is sponsored by Collins Dictionary. If you want to hear anything more <laughs> that Collins Dictionary has to offer. No, it's not. The Oxford English no. <laughs> Dictionary is the only dictionary to use. None of this upstart Collins nonsense. What about Webster's? Isn't there a Cambridge Dictionary as well? Who doesn't use just Google anymore? <laughs> like, Yeah. I do quite like this word of the year. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a small encapsulment. Uh, that's not a word, although it might be next year, of um, the pre <laughs> of what's happened in the previous years. But you're the kind of guy that gets sucked in. You're the kind of guy yeah. that looks forward to the John Lewis adverts. Hey, why is, not? This is because, because it's not real. <laughs> Only pain is real. Oh, I'm already on mince pies. 
Oh, wow. There we go. This is how far we've gone down, down the hill. This is Christmas yeah. already. Have you got I your know. Christmas tree up already? Let's, anyway, let's go to no, the next post. No, no. Uh, number two, uh, Diane, this is yours to take points on. Yeah. So this is a more of a, a policy post um, that came in at number two, which is the co-op, as we know, co-op employ about 60,000 people and they were reviewing their fertility policy because they have a, a CEO um, who's their first female CEO called Shireen Curry-Hack and she herself had been through fertility treatment and felt quite strongly about the subject so she has looked at it and decided that for all co-op employees so it doesn't matter if you just joined or you joined 10 years ago so it was everyone really flexible policy this will have paid leave to go for fertility treatment or as things progress you know lots of treatments are different really individualistic so it's a discussion with your line manager and paid time off for whatever you need during that that process and it also extends to partners so a really comprehensive policy lots of people liked it lots of people talked about their own experiences as well this on this is on the feed is that what you on the feed yeah yeah on the oh, feed wow. so yeah really you know a post that people really engaged with but a lot of big companies are looking at this at the moment because many years ago it was a thing that was more unusual for people to be going through fertility treatment and it, it's it's way more common now so people are generally looking at it the larger employers um you know some have even gone further um we referenced NatWest on our post and they've gone a bit further to look at um discounted treatments for their employees um and actually harnessing that so um but a really good good step forward for um for co-op that people really really were on board with i like this as a really a lovely oasis of loveliness and good news right yeah absolutely i mean it could see more companies taking this on board taking these kind of things on board and thinking about the general overall well-being of uh, their employees as a whole and it doesn't it doesn't cost much these kind of things it's but it really does make a difference and it hopefully expand that to not just fertility overall better maternity paternity cover and so on and so on you know i don't want to be i'm never cynical uh, I don't want to be cynical here, but you just hit like it doesn't cost much, and the free advertising they got on mm. whatever day this came out, it was huge. It's wonderful that people are looking after people better. It's brilliant, and I don't care actually if they're looking after better because it gets them good PR. The fact that workers have been looked after better is the, the important thing, right? Mm. But you suggested maybe they could do more on family leave, parental leave, but that is expensive. Fertility time out forgive me i know very little about it but it's like a couple of days right at a time so it's not that much of a hit to pay someone for a couple of days or uh while they go off and do it but but parental leave i mean that that can go on for months and months and that's a totally different kettle of fish i do i do i do completely get that and understand that it's it's a tough balancing act for companies to think about how they how they structure their parental leave we shouldn't go down that hole today but it's something if you have the opportunity to do so as a as an employer it's very well received by your employees, but wouldn't. Uh, and we've talked a bit about the wage wage increases last week, for example. It's a similar kind of thing. It's 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 a tough it's a tough ask. I don't give Team SP any leave, or <laughs> you know, support them in any way. So that's uh, that's how we roll. I'm balloting Charlotte for strike action. <laughs> On to the even sunnier subject, I'm expecting uh, some eruptions here. On to number one, Tatum, what was the most popular poster this week? And I might contribute to this eruption here. I can hardly speak. <laughs> I'm so angry about this. And this is a podcast, so it really helps if I do speak. So the story is, I mean, you know what, what it is. It's Matt Hancock. Off he goes to Australia to be an I'm a celebrity while Parliament's sitting, while he's got a job 
to look after and represent his constituents. What's he trading off here? Well, how is he famous? He's famous because he was a health secretary during the pandemic. He's famous for sending people into care homes from hospitals without testing them first. The man did the best he could, I'm sure, but the man, through his incompetence, people died. That's what he's famous for. That's what's made him a celebrity. They're the families of COVID, bereaved COVID people. Just, what are you doing? Um, he's got a book coming out. His, his pandemic diaries show he was writing a diary with a clear eye on publication during the pandemic. He was thinking about making money while he was doing that stuff. He was thinking about his profile after the pandemic all the way through. A grubby little man. It's almost like politicians have an ulterior motive that we don't necessarily uh, anticipate. No, really. no, no, they don't. But, but when Matt Hancock does this, he makes everyone seem like they have. Mm. Mm. He's not the first, though, is he? He is not the first. He's the first sitting MP. And that's the big point. People of West Suffolk have elected him to represent them. In the jungle. Sorry, no, not in the jungle. And he's got, oh, yeah, 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 cool. Yeah, I don't care what you want. You elected me to be in the parliament, but I'm going to go and. I mean, he's, he's going to make a donation. £350,000 is what he's been being paid, apparently. Oh, wow. And he's going to make a donation to a local, like to an NHS charity in his constituency. But he's not saying, I'm not going to take any of the money. He's also not donating the money he earns through his £80,000 a year job as an MP. I mean, we talked about the PR that Collins and Co-op have got. This is obviously, he's got a book coming out. This is going to generate mountains of PR for his... Oh, yeah. He's been everywhere this week. He really has. You know, in terms of like um, column inches, he has, you know, done the job he probably set out to do. You know, and that's his argument. His argument is it's a huge platform. Yeah, but his, but his argument is, Diane, his argument is a huge platform to engage people with politics, but it's not a huge platform. He's not going to sit in, you know, the the the, the jungle discussing tax policy. With Boy George. With Boy George. <laughs> I mean, Boy George, that's quite political. Like, Boy mm. George, like, he's, he's, he's a big lefty, is Boy George. He's not going to engage people with politics. Is it going to help him sell books? Do you know what? If he came out and said, right... I've got this book. I've worked really hard on it. It gives you the inside story into the pandemic and all that stuff while I was running that stuff. I, I would be quite interested to, to do that. But this celebrity, this, who who's he appealing to? Who's going to buy his book now that wouldn't buy it before? That is puzzling. <laughs> Collins want to reinforce that they're the word people, right? Mm. We're the word yeah. people. We know words. Here's the word of the year. This pretense of engaging people with politics it's not i mean it's nonsense it doesn't engage people with politics uh this you know like selling the book maybe it'll sell the book i mean i don't know who's going to buy the book but maybe it will all it does is raise his profile he doesn't care for what he's famous he just wants to be famous On another podcast i helped oh yeah i make other podcasts guys um we had christopher biggins a former uh, winner of the i'm a celebrity on there and he was open in that interview and saying yeah I'd I didn't want to go in the jungle, but hey, I, this is my this is my pension plan, and this is what these guys are thinking. And I think it is more egregious than not that Matt Hancock's joining them. Boy George, Chris Moyles, I can see that's yeah, I can see exactly why they're doing it because hey, their time's going to run out. Chris Moyles has arguably got a year or two left to, as a as radio DJ. Sure, do your thing. Uh, I've I've never watched 
an episode of I'm a Celebrity, so I'm, I'm never, I, don't, I never care what happens with this. But I, I do think there is a lack of something that Matt Hancock's got in appearing and taking part in this. I, I would like to add before we move on that the Conservative Party have kicked him out. Like, like this is not a party political issue. Like everybody agrees the guy's being a numpty, right? It, like it wasn't even something that Keir Starmer brought up at PMQs this week because there's not like, the, the, the Prime Minister's condemned it. The Prime Minister <laughs> yeah. said this isn't this isn't okay. Yeah. So everyone agrees he was a Conservative. MP. He's no longer a Conservative MP. And I think it's important to note that that this isn't Tory bashing. Okay, and on to section two, the mailbag. Uh, That's over to you guys, the readers and listeners. What have you guys asked this week? Last week, we had some voice notes, which is fantastic. So if you're listening now, do send a voice note to the Instagram account. Uh, If you have any questions, don't need to wait until the the shout out beforehand. Uh, We want to hear your voices. What questions have we had so far? Diane? One of the things we covered this week was that Rishi Sunak is now going to to COP27, which is the climate summit in Egypt, Um, as is Boris Johnson, because he's been invited by the Egyptians um, and he's going. And now Rishi is as well, despite saying previously that he wouldn't, he didn't have time for it. So someone has asked Bonnie Beadle on Instagram, why aren't they doing this online? You know, it's about ways to save the planet. Surely traveling to other countries defeats the point, which is a valid question. It is a very valid question, Bonnie. And it's got quite a simple answer. In fact, it's because you can't do the mingling online. You can have the meetings, you can have the things, but you can't have a quiet bit, a quiet drink and a chat with so-and-so. And that's where the business is done. Things get done in small informal meetings and then they get agreed by the big th- by the big things so if they're not all together it's it's not possible to just grab someone's elbow and talk to them for a bit about whatever so yes it would be good if it could be done online but we don't have the technology to do that kind of mingling thing and because so many big decisions are made like this the admittedly there are some emissions from all these private planes going there but if they're going to cut however much from the app from overall then that's a small price to pay if you can make these what we need what we need what you bonnie need what i need is we need cop 27 to help us achieve less climate share fewer changes of climate right because that's a it's a really serious situation so if they need to go there if they need to wander around and, and speak to people informally to get this to happen then that's a price that's worth paying yeah i, I completely agree I've, I've organized and been part of a few of these not cop uh, exhibitions but i've been you know at the excel center for example and had stalls and it is when you get off the stage people just say can i just yeah just want to have a quick chat if that's okay um, so I do see where, where Bonnie's getting at, but if uh, you know, a few days of people gathering together in the same place helps to sort out the trajectory for climate change uh, in a bigger, more meaningful way, then it is a smaller price to be played. Um, and it, I think it is interesting how people do travel there to these events. Um, what's the name of the Swedish climate activist, uh, young young lady? Greta Thunberg. Greta Thunberg. And I'm always amazed at the fact that she hasn't been on a plane for, for many years. She travels everywhere by boat to try and limit her carbon footprint. I don't think that's feasible for a lot of people. And I'm sure Rishi Sunak will be in and out as, as quickly as possible. I'm sure he'd be on Concord if he could do, uh, to um, get there as quickly as possible. But it's, it's interesting how people are trying to reduce their carbon footprints and are thinking about these things as much as possible. Interestingly, Greta isn't going to this one. 
she's actually spoken quite a lot this week just to say that it's not moving fast enough for her in terms of, of, of what the world leaders and political leaders are doing. So she is not going to attend the uh, COP27. I think it's also because she hates the pyramids. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why, but uh, you can't stand them. So they're too, they're yeah. too pointy at the Sad. top. Um, so we have another question. So this is from Charlie Middlemist on Instagram, who I take it just in general, reading a lot of posts this week, said, "Wasn't Brexit supposed to sort everything out?" What a question! What a question! I mean, no, it wasn't. No, of course it wasn't. Of course it wasn't supposed to sort everything out. Like, like there was no, I no, no concept that we could immediately, that everything would be amazing. What it did and what it has done is given us the power to sort things out in a way that we want to sort them out, not in a way that the EU wants to sort them out. It's given us the power to diverge away from that. The idea wasn't that as soon as we left, what was it, January the 31st, uh, 2000, the plan was never that suddenly on the 1st of February 2000, the sun would just shine that little bit brighter and, you know, our farmers would be able to make more money. It's a slow process. Change is a slow process and we are now in control. That's what changed. It was never supposed to sort everything out immediately. You know, the Queen dying, that's not Brexit's fault, is it? You know, Matt Hancock going to the jungle, that's not Brexit's fault. Right, a lot of these things today that we've just seen. Um, Andrew Bridgen has, is, is, it turns out, is officially corrupt and has been doing corrupt things, and that's not Brexit's fault. A lot of these things, these omni shambles things, to avoid the Collins term in your face, <laughs> Collins. These omni shambles things. A lot of them have nothing to do with Brexit. Some do. Some absolutely do. And part of the cost of living crisis, for example, might be down to Brexit. There's a lot of other factors. There's a lot of other factors. I think that we need to wait and see a little bit on Brexit. But I think with what Charlie's getting at, what what I hear from a lot of people is, Tatton, you're right. It was always going to be so complicated. You know, you don't hear that from a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> but you're talking about the bureaucracy of, of like separating and detangling yourself from from you know something you've been a part of, and that was always going to be super super complex. But there was at the time a lot of rhetoric that everything would be shiny and new. And, and I think potentially that's sort of what Charlie might be asking, you know, with that kind of almost tongue in cheek, like, but wasn't it meant to all be sorted? You know, wasn't it all glorious, you know, bosses with millions for the NHS and great times, you know, that's... COVID happened. And how many more millions went to the NHS during COVID? I mean, like, of course, that doesn't count towards the Brexit thing, but but you just can't tell what's going to happen. And... Brexit officially happened on the 31st of January 2020. I can't remember where we are in the whole spinning around the world thing, which was six weeks before lockdown. So Parliament wasn't sitting. It wasn't an ideal time to have the biggest constitutional shift in the country in decades. But but no one knew that COVID was coming. Right. So, no, I don't think anyone is waking up in the morning delighted with how Brexit has gone. But I don't think it's fair to say that wasn't supposed to sort everything out in a way that suggests that it hasn't and that it's necessarily been, you know, I don't I don't know. But I think we need to give it a give it time. Okay, on to the next question. This week another oil and gas giant. So yeah, last week was Shell, just the tail end of last week, and it was BP this week announced their profits. But BP were different to Shell because they said they would be paying some towards the 
energy profits levy, which is what Rishi Sunak called it. And Martin Plummer or Plumer on Instagram asked, okay, that's, you know, that's great. It's going to be 800 million from the profits of BP that will go to this energy levy. But where does that money go to? Where does it go? Anywhere and nowhere, isn't it? Well, when it when it came out, so this is back in May, this levy came in. And it was because for for a very long time, people have been calling, well, a lot of people have been calling for a windfall tax, hadn't they? And the Conservatives were basically saying that, no, that that's not the right thing to do. They weren't very keen on that. And then they gave it this different name, an energy profits levy, which is a little bit different. But they introduced that in May. And what it says, they they hope that it will raise around $5 billion over the next year. And it's a temporary thing. They say that if things actually stabilize in the market and gas prices and oil prices stabilize, they might actually take it back out again. But for now, it's in, to, you know, as a short-term measure. And just look, I look back at, you know, all the speeches and statements when it did come into Parliament and it said that they hope the money will go towards supporting people with the new cost of living measures um, that were announced by the Chancellor. So that's what they've got their eye on, this money being kind of earmarked for. It's not quite as straightforward as that, is it, when with governments when things come in? <laughs> it's not like they've got separate bank accounts for all this stuff. Um, but that's what the money was was potentially earmarked for when it was announced. Yeah, I mean, I'd like you suggest there's no, no. <laughs> like it all just goes into the pot and then you take it out from the pot. Yeah. But you can say, well, I'm about to add, I mean, BP, Martin wants to know about this 800 million for BP. That 800 million for BP is going to go into the pot and you can go, oh, look, there's 800 million. And then you can spend that 800 million knowing where it's come from, knowing what, how much extra is in the pot, whether it's the same 800 million, I don't know. I haven't given blood for ages, actually. But when I give blood, they send me a text saying your blood's been used in this hospital at this time. And that's just, it's so brilliant. It is. That's lovely. I didn't know that. Because it really makes you feel tied in. It'd be nice if you got a text saying your taxes have been spent on feeding children that didn't have food. Right. But the reality, but that wouldn't work because you'd get a text saying your taxes have been spent on an MP's lunch. Subsidising the beers in the in the parliament. Oh, when he yeah. was having a meeting, <laughs> when, it, you know, whatever. It's like, oh, oh, that's not as cool. <laughs> like all of this money comes from the taxpayer. And there's some more worthy things you'd like it to go towards. So they can't, because they, otherwise they just text everyone and tell them they're all funding the same same project I, I, I didn't know that about the blood drive that's that's a really cool thing to hear um, and does make me want to give blood more all right guys that's it for the mailbag as i said at the top end of the section please do send your messages in uh, all the time during the week uh, and please we want to hear your voices it was really fun to hear them last week and we want to hear them going forward let's head on to part three pm watch so Rishi Sunak's had his first full week as PM, second time at PMQs. Has it been plain sailing? It's 2022. Like, who who, who has plain sailing in 2022? At the top of this episode, we said Omnicrisis. So that I assume plain sailing and Omnicrisis can't exist at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a tricky week. Suella Braverman's been a difficult time for, for Rishi Sunak because uh, it turns out that she, uh, she's like, yeah, I broke the rules. Yeah, yeah I've apologised though, so that's fine. Is that fine? Okay, cool. 
and he's U-turned. So we started off yesterday. We started off with a little mini U-turn. He's like, oh, I will go to COP27. I said I wasn't going to go to COP27, but I am now. I've made I've made time because it's the climate. It's important, so I'll go. And it's like, it was such a small U-turn that nobody mentioned it particularly at PMQ. It's just like, yeah, okay, cool. And then after PMQ, <laughs> he said, every single promise I made, well, I don't know if I mean it anymore, because they're all under review. So under review is something politicians say when they're going to get rid of something. Every promise he made in the summer campaign is now under review. And the reason it's under review is that it is circumstances have changed since then. I was messaging Diane yesterday and Diane, you said, you said this is just paving the way for a really bleak statement on the 17th. This is all preparing us. Yep. Next week is going to be a quiet week because, yeah, Suella Braveman thing will rumble on. Hopefully they'll be sorting out the awfulness of Manston. So all of this, this week's issues hopefully will will go through. Is it is it COP27 next week? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It is next week. So we'll, we'll have that. We'll talk about climate a lot. There's already quite a few climate stories around in preparation for that. There's one this morning about glaciers melting. We're going to have a lot more climate stories we're going to have i think i mean what was silly thing to say in 2022 i know but i think it's going to be quite quiet and then the week after the 17th is when it's all going to happen we had rishi's 10 point plan is it do you want to cherry pick one or two of these guys that you think is um worth worth noting yeah i think uh, the, the thing with all of this you know and and we're kind of second guessing that this is, well, we're not, we're making the, the link that this is all to do with the economic statement. And the point is that pledges and promises and things to make the world better cost money and, <laughs> you know, generally cost money. Uh, and that's what he is backing away from committing to. You know, he had a 10 point plan in the summer. I'm not sure every anybody's like got it, you know, memorized or etched in their brains or anything like that. But say you pick one. So let's pick the NHS, okay? A lot of people, most politicians would say they want to cut NHS backlogs, right? That's that, that's a no-brainer, really. But it's how you do that. So he talked about getting to grips with waiting lists. Well, a lot of that, actually, what sat behind that was the government had a scheme where they were going to pay people who were sat on NHS waiting lists to actually go and get their procedures done by uh, in the private sector just to, to get the waiting list done, pay people to travel out of areas, you know, okay, you're on a waiting list to have your feet done and you're in Norwich where there's a big queue, but there isn't a big queue up in Birmingham. So we'll bust you there and put you up. And there was some really big things going to happen to kind of crack down on these lists. And, you know, but it's money and it's cost and let's just see what happens to that. You know, and if you go through each one of those points, there's probably a similar story behind it. You know, what can still be done? I'm sure number 10, uh, winning the general election is still going to be on his plan. We'll see about that. I was I was quite interested in number seven, transforming education, teaching maths and English to 18. Seemed like a, I, I don't know why he wanted to do that. But I, I did agree with like boosting technical education, like apprenticeships. And uh, I think that's, that's where we definitely want to help people who feel they're more adept at plumbing versus um, traditional traditional education to get involved in that side of things. But teaching maths and English at 18, I, I was so happy to be rid of English at, at GCSE. I just didn't want that in my life at all. But it's, it, anyone that you want to pick out, Tatten? 
I think I just want to have a look, look at the ones that that, that aren't that, that he said are under review but aren't aren't going anywhere. Um, he wants to like immigration. He's, he's tackling illegal immigration as number five, tightening rules on asylum, capping the number of refugees and. The Rwanda plan. They wanted the Rwanda plan. They liked the Rwanda plan. In fact, let's talk talk about Peru coming on board with the Rwanda plan. So it'd be the Rwanda and Peru plan. The Ruwu. What would that mean for Paddington Bears who come along? By time you meet the Queen, yeah. you're all right. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 like if you if yeah. you do if you do in. <laughs> The actors in that film, they're kind of British icons, aren't they? So anyway, yeah, so Peru might be coming on. Like this, this, this has become a massive issue. And and one thing the conservatives are saying is, oh my goodness, we've been bad at processing applications. Soon as you process an application and you say, yes, that person can stay, they go out and work, right? They're off the government's books. They might they might claim benefits briefly, but then they go out and work and they are growing the pie. They're growing our economy by being part of it. Or you say, no, you can't come in and you get rid of them, in which case the state stops paying them, paying for their upkeep. So processing is really important and needs to happen really quickly. All these massive hotel bills we're hearing about are only there because they haven't processed enough people. You only have to keep people in hotels while you process them. Yeah, so that, I mean that's that, that's going that's going to carry on. We're going to see. It's just about money, isn't it? That's that's what it comes down to. Everything's under review because we can't afford to do anything at all. And austerity. When austerity came in, it was really easy to slash budgets in 2010. There was, I mean, it wasn't easy. It was, it was difficult. But there was lots of money that they could save. Oh, there was buffers. There was buffers. We're now 12 years into it. There is nothing left. So finding efficiency savings, there is a, they're, they're pretty efficient already. So uh, yeah, it's 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 it, we've we've everything is going to be building up to the seventeenth. Well, let's head on to the fourth and final section, guys. At Crystal Ball, what will be the big stories next week? We've touched on both what you guys want to talk about, but let's let's um, let's emphasize those briefly before we before we close out today yeah so uh, you know we we will be in that period before the economic statement so not expecting any big government announcements but i you know i'm sure i we we've all said that before and in a week's time i'll come back and tell you that i was wrong <laughs> <laughs> tatum what you got i might go bowling <laughs> might be fun just anything that's not like it's going to be a lot of climate chat next week and it's going to be really grim and it's going to be like this morning they were talking about these glaciers going by 2050 which you know is 30 years and like it feels like a lot of this stuff used to be oh well it's going to be your children's children who are going to really you know suffer and now it's like hang on no 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 you're going to suffer no, too i mean it's me for a bit it is real and it is coming and it is terrifying so yeah I might I might go and eat a burger and go bowling instead. I might come with you and then hopefully it's one of those places that has bowling and laser quest in the same in the same uh place <laughs> Yeah. That'll take me back to when I was yes. a kid. I mean Milton Keynes is roughly between you and me, Kyle. Roughly, yeah. That's that's got everything. Let's like meet that. up there, yeah. That's got everything. <laughs> Milton Keynes has got burgers. Right round about yeah, <laughs> roundabouts and laser quests. Guys, on that note, on that uh, high note, hopefully we'll carry this on to next week. 
guys it's been a pleasure to speak to you and see your faces and to everyone's listening hope you've enjoyed it and do send us some voice notes we'd love to hear you guys going forward thanks Kobe. thanks all bye bye, bye.